It's time to unleash the expert. What is he an expert on? Relationships, sex, spirituality, and rediscovering yourself beyond the trauma. Get ready to unleash more purpose, passion, and pleasure in your life. Here's the expert himself, Mr. Brandon Patrick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brandon Patrick Show. Um, excited to have you here. I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that today, today's a tough one for me. It's a, it's kind of a thing that I, a truth that I feel in my bones, down in my soul. And I hope that I'm able to articulate it and to illustrate it. Um, it's kind of something that I think is important. And if it brings things up inside of you, as I talk about this, one way or the other, uh, then that's awesome. Just notice whatever it brings up for you. Uh, it probably depends on where you're at in life with some things. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, God, the Bible, um, religion. You know, I, I like talking about faith and faith expansion. And I'm going to kind of mix all these things together and try to illustrate this point. So, um, I, you know, I I work a lot with people who are expanding with their faith. And I talk a lot about faith expansion. Um, but there's some things that go on that I think are are happening, but aren't said. And what I'm hoping to do is kind of use something that, uh, a story that we all know to take a look at this principle. So I call it the Eden, the Eden paradox. Um, and I want to take a look at the Eden paradox and contrast that to what happens with faith expansion. So to back up just a little bit, let's talk about the Garden of Eden. So we're talking about Adam and Eve for a minute. Um, the Garden of Eden sounds like a pretty sweet place. There's a lot of like green plants and I imagine waterfalls and I would guess like, you know, half the, the like rivers and ponds and stuff are like hot springs. So you can just go like lounge in the hot spring and hang out in the waterfall and take a shower or whatever, you know, you're running around naked and nobody cares. Um, wow. Sounds great. <laughs> Weather's perfect all the time. Uh, you know, there's plenty of fruit on the trees. There's plenty of food. Don't have to worry about that. Um, temperature is, is not a problem. Survival is going to happen because everything is just laid out for you. It's so nice. It's easy. There's no struggle. The one requirement though, is just don't eat that fruit over there on that tree. Um, now Eden, if you look at this and th this is kind of the comparison that I want to make, if somebody is in a religion that outlines everything for them as to what they should and shouldn't do, gives them the exact pathway back to God and doesn't really require agency to do so. You just follow that plan and you get to heaven. In a way, there, there's, no, there's no struggle. You just are supposed to fall in line and do that and you'll get back to heaven. Um, that is what I'm going to call the Garden of Eden. No struggle, no strife plan in place, um, wake up, live, breathe, do your thing, and voila, you're back in the presence of God. Now, 
something did happen in the garden. Uh, the, the tree was introduced with the fruit on it. And the fruit was the first time that it, that the agency was introduced to Adam and Eve. Um, God has commanded them. The only commandment was don't eat of that fruit. Just don't eat that fruit. Um, that was the only choice they had of whether, you know, other than that, they're running around naked and, you know, doing their thing. So now they have actual agency to decide whether to eat that fruit or not. And um, they're living in their ignorant bliss. It's wonderful. They don't have to think at all. Now they have to think about something. And to add on top of it, Satan comes in as a serpent and is like, hey, that fruit looks pretty good. You should eat it. And Eve, in her wisdom, listens to the serpent, listens to Satan. Now, this sounds pretty twisted. This is why this is paradoxical. And she she is wise enough to know that she wants to know good from evil and that she wants knowledge. All right. Um, so she partakes of the fruit and she goes to Adam and she, you know, tells him to partake of the fruit. And Adam is like, what in the world? Like, I love how I'm like paraphrasing for, for the prophets in the Bible here. I should probably just read the Bible, but he, he's like, what in the world? Like, no, we were told not to do that. We don't do that. That's just an automatic. We just don't do that. What are you thinking? Like, no. And Eve, in her wisdom, came back and said, hey, Adam, like, you know, I'm going to be cast out. I want to know good from evil. I desire knowledge. I desire growth. Um, and I'd love for you to come with me, buddy. Like, let's go on this journey together. And Adam chose in his agency to, to partake of the fruit. Now, um, had Adam not been willing to partake of the fruit, Eve would have been cast out. Adam would have stayed in, in that ignorant bliss garden of wonderfulness that wasn't that wonderful to him because he didn't know anything different. Um, and so he chose to partake. And as a result, they were cast out of the garden into this lone and dreary world. Um, now, the fruit, I want to come back a little bit. If the garden represents this kind of blind faith stance of no agency and just go along with something in the religion and I just follow that and I don't have to think about it and it's just automatic and easy and that's what I do. If Eden represents that, the fruit to me represents doubt. It represents I'm going to actually be willing to take a look at some things. Um, I'm going to also wrestle and struggle um, with, with some things. So um, instead of just drinking in all of the Kool-Aid automatically and knowing that that is the way no matter what, I'm going to listen to my, my gut. I'm going to practice connecting to truth and connecting to God. I'm going to make decisions that might seem out of the box or out of line um, for some people 
who are living in, in that garden of Eden. And when I do that, it, it might not fit exactly what it's supposed to, um, but I'm doing it from a place of truth, not from a place of rebellion, not from a place of hatred or anger or whatever. I want to be true to myself and sometimes just going along with what is put in front of me is not being true to myself. Okay. Um, and I can give you examples of this. Um, I've, I've spoken about some of these things, but like one example would be um, when a leader of the church uh, was telling me to do some things um, when I was on my mission, like baptize nine-year-old little girls and not their families because we need the numbers to get the baptisms up because we got to be the highest number of baptizing mission in the whole world. Um, and I was being told that he was called a God and that he, um, he basically spoke truth for me. Um, that didn't sit right. That didn't feel right. So staying in Eden would have been just following along exactly with what he was telling me to do. Partaking of the fruit would be standing in my own agency, stepping outside of what is putting right what is be being put right in front of me because it doesn't feel okay. It doesn't seem right. Um, you know, there was this, the 2016, I think, this policy for children of um, LGBTQ. And like, it just was awful. It was terrible. And, um, you know, I remember going to church and the apologetics and the, not just apologetics, it was beyond that. It was like, this is why this is a good thing. This is why this is so wonderful. Um, and I was just like confused. This is why this is wonderful. This is horrible. Um, the Edeners, the Edenites, so to speak, figured out a way to make that policy so wonderful. The people that were partaking of the fruit and actually wrestling, most of them, at least from my experience, were saying, this doesn't seem right. And it's interesting they reversed that policy you know, a, a couple of years later. Um, to me, blind faith is not actually faith. Blind faith is just following what you're being told. Um, faith, an element of, of doubt is required for faith to be real. The lone and dreary world, you don't know where you're going to land. So you must have an element of unknown when you step into some of these truths and that element of unknown, this is, this is what's like so freaking amazing. That element of unknown is what, what then gives you that development, that growth. So when I practice blind faith and I live in the garden, I don't progress. But when I practice agency, when I step into faith 
and I make decisions according to my wrestle, then I experience knowledge. And it's the very thing that the, the story of Adam and Eve teach is that if you live this way, you will know good from evil and you will gain knowledge. Um, you will gain knowledge. That's what the fruit is all about. Partaking the fruit, I believe, is a, such, such a courageous thing. It's such a beautiful thing. But, you know, God's kind of put in a position where God can't come down and be like, hey, guys, you got you to gotta eat that. Like that's because we'd be like, okay, okay. Like we need to make the decision to do that. We need to go through that process and feel that in order to do that. Because if we don't make that decision, if we don't struggle, if we don't wrestle, if we don't practice courage to step over that threshold to actually partake of the fruit, we don't get the knowledge. Agency is essential for development. Faith is essential for growth, for development. Um, so I'm not suggesting that someone must go out and experience every last experience they ever can in order to have knowledge in their life. I don't need to go actively sin or find ways to create destruction in my life in order to um, experience knowledge in my life. However, if I just have somebody else tell me what I should and shouldn't do and my shoulds control my life, I don't get the knowledge. Because I didn't have to think. I didn't have to know myself, really. You know, what's interesting is, you know, according to uh, at least LDS theology, um, and for those that, that aren't LDS that are listening, this could be fascinating to you anyways. Um, there was a war in heaven before we came to this earth. This is what I was taught. Um, and... You know, there was a couple, there was two plans, and one plan was was the adversary's plan, Satan's plan, and his plan was let's just have them go down and follow exactly what we lay out for them to do with no choice, and then they'll get back to heaven. Um, <laughs> you guys can probably see where I'm going with this. Um, and then Christ, you know, came along and said, well, like, what about having agency? Uh, we should have a plan where there's this agency so that you can choose uh, one's path. You can choose good from evil. And it when they, like, if you have this agency and if you make some choices that aren't the best, let's also provide an atonement um, where you you know you can you can learn you can grow you can you can like your your mistakes are atoned for so it's okay so there's this space 
within this existence that we have that is all about making mistakes and then surrendering back to God and learning and growing through that process. Living in Eden is Satan's plan. It is stamped out for you. It's a shoody should fest. It's 100% this way. You don't deviate. You don't even have a chance to deviate. Just stay in Eden. Stay in your ignorant bliss. Um, following the exact thing that you should do. And don't think for yourself. To me, Christ's plan is all about eating the fruit. So that you can know. So that you can develop. So that you can grow. Um, you have to, uh, I was talking about this earlier a little bit. Um, you have to experience something in order to gain knowledge. So, um, like you can't, you can't describe or articulate knowledge to someone who doesn't want to take a look at the at the truth. So like you could try to argue out like hey like maybe you should think this or you should think that or like think about it this way or or know that that peace and god and all these things are found here. If they're in the box and they're hanging out in Eden, they're going to look at you with some glazed eyes like huh what do you mean? I follow this path. This is what I do. This is how I do it. And they won't understand. In fact, a lot of times what will happen is they'll judge you back and they'll say, you're a sinner. You're fallen because you ate the fruit. Why would I listen to you? What do you know better than me? You ate, you partook of the fruit. I didn't. I'm hanging out under this hot springs waterfall right here, having a grand old time in my nakedness. Right? then a lot of times what happens is the person who ate the fruit is looking at them like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can't have a, can't have a conversation with them because yeah, they got some learning and some growth to do. And so there's a disconnect there. And this happens a lot in marriages that I see where one person is moving in one direction, the other person's staying, they're staying in the garden and, you know, you look at Adam and Eve and they wouldn't have been able to stay together. If Eve would have gone off into the lone and dreary world by herself and Adam refused to partake of the fruit. And Eve probably would have looked back and been like, Adam, dude, just like take a bite, man. Come on. That's painful. Yeah, there's thorns and thistles. and But like, I wouldn't know how nice it is to have like moss on my feet had I not stepped on that thorn. So I'm grateful for the experience. Um, so what, I, like when you look at this Eden paradox, the paradox is this, is it is good for me to not live in Eden. At this state of my existence and my growth and my progression as a being of wherever I'm going and whatever I'm doing, ignorant bliss is not, is not, does, does not bring peace 
and happiness. Expansion, and that's why I use faith expansion, not faith crisis, because expansion is always good. Damnation is not. And when you are stuck, you're stuck. For expansion to happen, then struggle needs to happen. The lone and dreary world needs to happen for that growth and development to take place. And I would challenge anybody to expand as much as they are able to. Sometimes that expansion requires taking a look at and doing the last thing you want to. I was listening to a podcast um, last week, and uh, it was about a book called The Crisis of Comfort. Um, Safety is is one of our biggest problems. Comfort is one of our biggest illusions and problems. Because if you if you figure out how to how to be perfectly safe and perfectly comfortable, then you'll probably be miserable. And you know, I say, you know, that doesn't mean you go out and willingly try to create discomfort. I actually don't believe that. I, I believe that in our lives we need to willingly go create discomfort. Um, We don't have to create chaos. We don't have to create destruction. But if I get too comfortable, then I need to get off my butt. I need to go for a run and feel some pain. I need to go Wim Hof. I need to go struggle with God. I need to go have it out with God. I need to go work through an issue in my relationship or with my children. I need to work through issues in my relationships with my family. If I get too comfortable, because I want growth. Orthodox, rigid, religious systems try to set up certainty so that you don't feel discomfort, so that you stay in those systems forever. There is an agenda. And the only cost to you in order to stay in there is your progression, is your development. Now, I'm not saying that somebody can't stay in a church and still develop, but they must be nuanced. They must have some level of, I can take this in and I can leave that in order for that to actually happen. You don't have to leave a church in order to develop. Um, And if you're giving all of your agency over to another entity to make the decisions for you, then you won't develop. I hope I have been able to articulate this today. Um, Though when I see people stuck and not developing, that leads to depression. It leads to, it leads to addiction. It leads to relationship problems, suicide, those type of things. And so there are real life consequences to just being being stuck. And there's also real relationship issues. 
You guys, I would love your feedback on this, comments, thoughts, questions. Um, if you have any, please uh, send me an email. You can go to my website, ask me a question. Um, you could uh, you can email me, Brandon at therapyutah.org. And uh, I'd love to hear them. And I'd love to hear kind of what, what came up for you as I'm talking about this um, principle. And I hope that um, for all of us, we're able to humbly assess where we're at. I'm not saying I've arrived and I'm Mr. Like progression man and I'm developing all the way, but I hope that I actually do, do stop and say, I am willing to step into this process again and again. Have a wonderful day, you guys. Um, and I will talk to you next time. See ya.